but let's go ahead and just go straight to the slides. So this month, I really felt like it was appropriate to, um, to highlight what's happening in Guatemala. And uh, as, as many of you know, um, Shannon and I and our kids, we spent um, th- uh, three years down living in Guatemala, in Antigua, Guatemala, and had a ministry. So we met a lot of people, we have a lot of friends and ministries that we're still in contact with there. And uh, one of the ministries that um, we support here is the Jeremiah Project, Nancy and Josue. They come um, every Christmas, around Christmas time, and share about the ministry. And they are down in Antigua, Guatemala, ministering to um, street kids and to children with uh, extreme poverty. And, uh, you know, Guatemala is is poor all over, so extreme poverty for sure. Um, Do we have that slideshow loaded up? Slide it on over and... um, Okay, not that one. That's the missions minute. Isn't that cool? There we go. So, uh, and I'll take control of anything on this one. Um, this uh, Volcano Fuego is about 15 miles from Antigua. We used to watch this from our, our rooftop erupt um, on a regular basis. Usually an eruption would be small and it would just kind of trickle down. Um, as you probably know that last Sunday it had a major eruption um, the biggest is since 1974. Now it's been, this is the biggest catastrophe Guatemala has seen in over 100 years. Um, okay, I, I guess not. Can we go to the next one? Um, you know, that, that's just right next to people's homes. There was a village uh, right below the volcano called El Rodeo, um, which is uh, kind of on the way down to Escuintla on, the, on one of the sides of the volcano. Let's go to the next picture. I didn't put any um, scary pictures in here. Um, there was some horrible, horrible photos. Um, 99 people have, at this point, have died, and um, still a lot are missing. Um, but what, what you need to see is this is, is pyroclastic flow. Um, it's different than, than uh, lava. It can move up to 400 miles an hour coming down the side of a volcano. It uh, comes in a wave of, of dirt, ash, lava, um, and and it's, it's more like a sand ash, not like, you know, when you, you have little ashy stuff all over. It's, it's gritty, and um, it, it moves really, really fast. It overtakes villages and just buries um, the everything in its path if you're, if you're close. It, it won't usually go too far away. It can go up to like five miles away from the base of the volcano. I don't know how far away it did in this instance. Obviously, um, that's just devastation. Let's go to the next picture. Um, and so this is just, uh, you know, these are, I just put, took these from the internet um, and just to give you, it's also, the pyroclastic flow is uh, really hot. You can't walk on it, you'll burn your, your shoes. And so again, it's different than lava. You can outrun lava, by the way. Lava usually isn't attacked, but this stuff will just, it's, it's over if it, if it hadn't come. Let's go to the next one. Um, so um, this affected a million people in Guatemala. And they are working hard at housing and doing things. So um, this is just one of the churches, whatever groups that opened up their doors to, to house people. Not a million place, people have been displaced, but it's going to affect uh, a million people. It's going to affect transportation, jobs. Um, one, I, I did hear of one woman who lost 37 members of her family. Um, it's, just, it's just very devastating. Uh, all the people that we know down there Everyone knows somebody directly who uh, was, uh, was uh, affected directly by this, and a lot of them know somebody who's lost their life. Go ahead and go to the next picture, because Antti was so close. So 
Um, we're going to share my project. So I tried to get a hold of Nancy and Josue, um, you know, immediately to make sure they were okay. I, I really believed that they were fine uh, because of the reports. Pretty much Antigua was covered in between one and like six centimeters. They use centimeters down there of, of this uh, ash. But again, it's more like sand. Um, one of the difficulties of, of having everything covered in s this sand is it, it will, if it gets wet, it will harden and turn into like a concrete. And so um, we're going to see what happens in the long run, but most people, what they did immediately is they went out and they washed off their cars, and the sand goes into the street, and then because it's the rainy season, the rain is going to wash the sand into the antiquated drain systems and possibly turn into concrete in there. So, uh, what could be happening it could be just crazy. Um, I, I had a video of a, a friend of ours, Abner. He was shoveling the ash. It looked like he was shoveling snow, making little piles of it. Um, we're thankful that they were okay, Josue and Nancy, Car little Carlos. And so the ministry is, is continuing on. Uh, they, they're going to continue doing exactly what they do and looking for opportunities where they need to get involved in, in uh, this. Their resources are already stretched beyond thin. Uh, the actually, uh, the last newsletter they sent um, is saying that they are now um, their expenses, because they have to continue to give s their employees raises, their expenses are now above what they're bringing in on a monthly basis. So they're going to continue to minister to the kids that they're ministering to, and, uh, and unless God leads, they're not going to be joining in any relief work. There is ways that we can get involved in that. So Nancy and Josue run the Jeremiah Project down there, which ministers to families, low-income families, street children, kids who uh, c cannot go to school because of their financial, um, because of their poverty. Most of these uh, people, kids come from families who the parents make work at four, five, six years old, selling gum, uh, shining shoes in order to bring in a little bit of income. And so the Jeremiah Project is working with these families and these children to help them get back into school. Uh, many of their kids are in like fourth grade and they're 13 years old because they haven't been able to go to school. Uh, let's go to the next picture. So they have an amazing uh, ministry. That's Josue and Nancy and Carlos. And I realized when they were able to adopt Carlos, we did not make an announcement. Uh, we've been praying for Nancy and Josue to have a baby or to be able to adopt. And God apparently closed Nancy's womb and opened up a, a route to, to adopt little Carlos. And he's now been in the family for almost a year. I think they got him in July of 2017. And um, they're up actually in Tikal. If, any of you th if this looks familiar to any of you, that's because you've seen Star Wars. This is, the, this is the, the temple that they fly out of the tomb at the end of Star Wars in the middle of the jungle. That's actually where that was filmed. Let's go to the next picture. Um, I just have a few. This is one of the, the classroom settings. They do after-school care. They do tutoring, and they do meals uh, for them. Let's go on. Keep going. Oh, I might be able to get this now. All right, th this is just one of the local ruins real close to the Jeremiah Project and all of their kiddos. Um, and they have a lot, and they could minister a lot more if they had a bigger facility and had some more finances. Um, let's go to the next one, please. Um, these are just some pictures of, of some of the kids there. Let's go to the next one, and I'll stop on the next. Let's see here. There we go. Aren't they handsome young men? Um, they are pouring into them, helping them to love Jesus and to, and to have an education and to be able to find work. Let's go to the next picture. 
Um, one of the things they do is these kids, of course, can never see doctors, dentists, uh, optometrists. So they sponsor them to get uh, checkups, and that's one of the things they're doing. They, there's a few more kids that need some um, teeth work done, and so that's one of the ways we can go. The, the next picture is just one of the other girls going, so let's go to that one. And then, and then there we go. For the first time ever in their life, they're seeing the dentist. Let's go to the next picture. Um, they also are doing eye checks. They have three kids right now that need glasses. And I'm going to say four. Nancy. Nancy needs glasses. And um, you should pray. Or, or pray how you might want to be able to help her because she can't get her own glasses right now either because she is a missionary. <laughs> Um, and so, and then there's, uh, there's three kids who they think need gl uh, glasses and need the checkup. So they're, they're trying to do those things also. Let's go to the next picture. Um, this is Wendy. And I wish Debbie was here. Is David still in here? There's David. Um, our life group uh, was um, supporting Wendy for quite a long time. This is her job now, David. She's now working as a, a designer and she makes dresses. And so, um, but uh, Wendy does have some health issues. Um, uh, apparently, ovarian cysts are really common, and it gives them a lot of pain, and so they're trying to, they need some medicine for about four or five of the girls who are um, now in their teens and having issues like that. But that's Wendy. We've been praying for her, and we support her, we have supported her in the past. Um, you can support a kid. Um, we can, uh, just like Compassion International, we can help you if you want to support one child and send them a little bit of money. What they'll do is they'll, they'll save that money until they need something. The, the ministry doesn't give out money. They help uh, the families and the kids learn to earn, work, and be responsible for everything they get. Uh, let's go to the next picture. There's only a couple more here. That's just a cute little guy. I think he's six, and he's doing his schooling there sitting on the tile. Next picture. And, oh, isn't that awesome? Is that the last picture? Okay, let's go to the next one. Oh, my goodness. Que huapo. Que huapo. And last one, maybe, or is that it? That is it. So um, they're going to continue giving meals and classes and teach. Um, they, they host mission teams, so that's an opportunity. We've done it before. So I just want you to know this is one of the ministries that we <laughs> support on a monthly basis. You can also support individually on a monthly basis. Um, and then we are going to be, in, in the offering that we're about to receive, uh, we're going to receive a, a, a special offering for the ministry today um, just to help with some of the extra expenses and the things that's going to be happening um, because of the, the shutdown and so, so much of the area here. But let's pray for that uh, mission and how we're going to continue to just reach the world for Jesus. Father, I thank you that you have connected our hearts together through with, with places throughout the world. We, th we just want to pray for Nancy and Josue and Carlos and, and the ministry of Jeremiah Project in Antigua. God, that you would continue to meet their needs, God, and, and continue to allow them to pour into young people's lives. Lord Jesus, that uh, um, these kids who would not have an opportunity if it wasn't for them would grow into godly young men and women uh, with self-esteem and with love and of course the holy spirit god we pray that you'd continue to give them wisdom and provision and, and father now as we receive this general offering tithes and offerings and a special offering for guatemala we pray that you would bless it father and let the kingdom of god be ex expanded in jesus name amen amen gentlemen that was a very long intro to the offering hallelujah no 
just yeah. you can just go if you want to put anything for Guatemala, just go ahead and put it right into this this offering. And if you miss it, um, just put it in the box. Just make it earmarked for Guatemala. Um, put it in an envelope and put Guatemala on it, and it will get down there to them. Zach is going to be heading down to Antigua for a month uh, to learn school. Uh, to learn school, to learn, uh, to continue on in the Spanish education, and he's going to be volunteering at the Jeremiah Project for a whole month uh, in July, and that is available for someone to do. You could actually go and 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 live down there for a couple of weeks or a month. We could help you do that, and it's also a, a potential that we'll s- do another missions trip. Would I, I, I like to I like the hand thing. Who would be seriously interested about going to Guatemala for about ten days for a missions trip? Was there anyone, is there a little bit of interest? There's a little bit. All right, so okay, there we go. We, we, we need to put a trip together. Um, you should, if we do, I encourage you to, to go. It's awesome. We're going to continue in the book of Ephesians this morning. And as we do, um, if you have Facebook, you may have noticed John and Donna Day appeared on Facebook this week. Um, a little picture of them. I think they were out at a little restaurant in, in, uh, in Mexico there. And they are doing well. They, uh, if we're going to be sending down uh, some cards. We, we found out the only way to do it is just to send them to a place in, in uh, uh, Wrightwood here, and then once a month they'll bring them down there. So if you want to send a card and we can send it all together, I'll, I'm going to be sending that out this week, and they'll get it hopefully soon. Um, of course, John and Donna were dear parts of our, our family here. The cancer is back in John, and I haven't heard an update recently, so um, we're praying that God's... Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. We're gonna we're gonna finish up this little section uh, through ver- uh, ch- verse fourteen this morning, and it's kind of the the doxology or the 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 beginning here. Um, last week we talked about three of the promises that were found in Ephesians chapter one, and it said in verse three and go back there for just a minute. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing." in the heavenly places in Christ. And so there's seven bl- blessings that, that we're talking about in the last week and this week. Uh, last week we talked about three of the blessings were this. The first one was that God chose us to be holy and blameless. He chose us. He, he made us holy and blameless. The second one is that God has adopted me into his family. God's adopted me into his family. It was a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful understanding. And the third one was we are redeemed and forgiven. We're redeemed and forgiven. So we're going to follow up with the, the last four this morning as we go on. Um, we're going to start at verse 8. Actually, verse 9. Uh, yeah, verse 8. Um, we'll, get, we'll go to 9. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. Uh, one of the blessings we have in Christ, and remember these blessings are riches and they are lavished upon us. And so as we're thinking about these things, that God has done all of these things, and we need to remember that we are chosen, that we are redeemed, that we are adopted. And now what this fourth blessing is, is that he has shown the mystery of his will. And what is that? Well, the word mystery in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, both often what it is talking about is something that used to be hidden, and now is revealed. Well, the entire Old Testament, it was hidden what God's ultimate plan was. Now, it wasn't that, that God kept trying something and failing. 
Okay, when you read the Old Testament, you, you see that, that he created Adam and Eve, and then they sinned. It, that wasn't like God says, oh man, I didn't think that they might sin. And then he creates the law, and then the law doesn't work, and God goes, oh wow, I didn't think that that wouldn't work. You know, everything in the Old Testament was pointing towards this mystery that would re- be revealed in Jesus. And so the mystery, the blessing that we have is understanding that the mystery of God's will is that everything that happened, I'll go oh, for you guys on the timeline, everything that happened in the Old Testament came up and led to this one thing, and that was Jesus Christ coming. The mystery of his will is that everything that happened would be revealed in Jesus Christ and redeemed through Christ. But not only that, specifically it goes on that the Jews who were God's chosen people were included in that, but it was the mystery of God's will that he wasn't going to only leave that blessing to the Jews. He was going to include all people, the Gentiles too. The mystery is that even though for, for centuries the Jews thought it was all about them, God was going to show that this promise was for not just his, whole, uh, his people, the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And I don't know about you, I'm really thankful for that. Because I'm not Jewish. And if it wasn't for the mystery of his will, God's promise wouldn't be for me. It wouldn't be for most of us in this room. But the mystery is that he was going to bring everything under one, and that's under Jesus Christ. It says in verse 10, um, well, verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. And it's important, I want to put, point out a couple of things in here, that that it was God who wanted to do this, it was for his good pleasure, and that he designed it, he purposed it in Christ to do this. Again, this isn't like, wow, the Jews just keep making all these mistakes, what am I going to do now? He planned and purposed to work all of these things out, the salvation of all of us. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Now this next part is great both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Everything, all people, the Jews, the Gentiles, all are going to be found together in Christ, both in heaven and on earth. So that means those who've died and gone before. And there's also an understanding here that that since the angels are living in the heavenly realms, that all the angels too are included in that, and we're all going to come together as one in Christ. Uh, verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. In him also we have in, uh, obtained an inheritance. And that is the fifth promise. We have obtained an inheritance, inheritance being predestined or predetermined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. You're an inheritance. And you're God's inheritance. Also, we receive an inheritance. There's a double understanding and double meaning here. We receive the inheritance because, remember, we, one of the promises that we'd be adopted. And so one of the things happens is we receive the inheritance. Everything that is for Christ is also for you. We've been adopted, grafted in, and we receive an inheritance. And he chose us to receive that inheritance. Also, the, the other meaning in here, because the way the Greek is, is written, is also that we become God's inheritance. And that's, what, how is that? You know, imagine that he loves us so much that he views us as his inheritance. 
as he receives us, he is blessed. And there's something that happens in this first section. It's, it happened in verse 6, and it's going to say it again in verse 14. And I believe it says it in, in 12. Um, and that's it, to the praise of his glory. Everything God is doing in you, everything God has done in the past, everything that he does in the future is for the praise of his glory. So he has chosen us, predetermined, predestined us as his inheritance according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Again, read these words and you go, this isn't something he didn't think about. He planned it. He purposed it. That he would call you and say, you are my inheritance. You're my inheritance. You're my, you're my loved. I've adopted you. I've chosen you from the very beginning of time and I'm working all things out to have this happen. Now verse 12 it says that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. And then verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. None of this happens, happens just because of happenstance. It happens because God chose you to come to him, his part. Our part is that we have to trust and believe. Not everyone is the child of God. I've, I've heard this a number of times uh, in, the, in the last number of years where people wanted to say that all people are God's children. Well, we're really not. We were all created by God. But only those who trust in Christ, only those who believe in Christ, become God's children. Those are the ones who are adopted. Those are the ones that are his. And so these promises don't belong to everyone. He makes it really clear that, that uh, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So these promises are only for those who are believers. The sixth promise here, and this one is, is really good. It, it, it really ministers to me. And that says that we were included. In him we obtained inheritance uh, in the dispensation of the fullness of times that he might gather together and won all things in Christ, that, uh, that we were included in this promise. And I don't know if you've ever been the one who's been left out. You know, um, everyone else went and did something and, and they, they didn't invite you. They took a trip and they excluded you. They picked the team for baseball or kickball and, and you were the last one there to be chosen or or maybe not even chosen at all they just didn't want you to be part of the group and that one of the blessings that we have in Christ is that we're included you're included individually God loves you and includes you and that's so important because we find our 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 peace we find our identity in Christ because he chose us he included us and and you know so the world wants to have all these in lists and you know who who's in and who's out and sometimes I'll see these lists of you know who's popular and who's not and you know, oh my goodness that's what the way the world works and and most most people most average people have been excluded from a lot of lists and and that was that was my story you know I mean growing up I wasn't wasn't real talented and I didn't have a, wasn't good at sports and so I was always like one of the last two or three to be picked to play kickball and you always felt really bad when they picked the kid to play kickball who had a broken leg before they picked you <laughs> right you go I'm excluded from this 
But one of the blessings in Christ is that we're included. And, and it's important for you to say, I'm, I'm included. See, sometimes we, we can be in the middle of a circle, in the middle of church, and look around and go, all these people are included, but I'm not. And we, 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 we set ourselves apart and we say, That's, I know I show up, but this isn't mine. This isn't for me. No, you're included. Now, unfortunately, sometimes the body of Christ excludes people too. And we shouldn't do that. Because one of the blessings that we have in Ephesians is that he includes all of us. All of us. The last blessing here, starting in verse 13, says, In him you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now, I don't know if you remember last week when I talked about this is one of the longest sentences in Greek literature at all. From verse 3 all the way through 14 is one really huge sentence that you have to take a big breath and read the whole thing through because it all connects to each other. And that's why we look at all these things and say these are all the blessings. This is everything and everything's connected. But we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Those who've trusted, those who've heard and trusted the gospel of salvation. And, and we believed it. We were sealed with the promise. So what is this, this sealing? Well, you think, think of this. Uh, some of you have still seen these. You have an envelope, and, and they put a little piece of wax on there, and they close the little envelope with the wax seal, and it looks really pretty. Well, that's the way they used to do things in Bible times. They would seal scrolls and letters going out to people with the, with a, the wax seal, and it would be a ring or something else, and it would be the seal of the, of the person sending this letter. And what that would do, it would do two things. It would, it would validate that the letter was real, and it was from the person who was sending it. So it validated it, saying, this is from me. This is, this is true. The other thing it did is it protected the contents. It protected because nobody could open up the seal without everyone else knowing, and so it was sealed and it was protected. The seal of the Holy Spirit on our lives does a couple of those, the same things. It lets the enemy know and it lets us know that we are his. We have a seal that's from God himself that says we are his children. And I don't know we actually totally understand this because it's in a spiritual understanding that we've been sealed because I don't know if you've ever, you know, you look around the room and go, I can't see your seal this morning. Your seal's not showing. So who's this seal for? Well, is it a spiritual thing that when the enemy comes and he looks at you, he says, oh, I can't touch him. He's sealed. He's part of the kingdom of God because I believe that the, the, the Holy Spirit living inside us, so he seals us and he protects us for the day of redemption. And, and then we think, what is the, whole, the Holy Spirit is, is what gives us power, it, what, it, what uh, ministers to our, our heart and our spirit. It gives us words of wisdom and prophecy. And so the Holy Spirit, he's given us the Holy Spirit to live this life, and he's made it a seal. And if you look in, into these sections, there's the Father, the gifts of the Father, the gifts of the Son, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are all here. Um, the first couple verses, uh, the first couple promises are, are 
the uh, blessings from the Father, and then it gets into the blessings of the Son because all the blessings happen in Christ. And now finally, this last blessing is in the Holy Spirit. So we have the Trinity going on. But who is the Holy Spirit? It's God himself. So when he seals you with the Holy Spirit, he's sealing you with himself. God lives inside of you, and God lives inside of me. One of the blessings that we have in Ephesians is understanding that God himself lives inside of us and protects us and guards us, and, and it's the seal and the showing that we are his. And that's amazing. It says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So the first part is the guarantee. He's a, the guarantee. The word guarantee is, is a word that, that they would use if you were going to buy something, you would give part of the money down, and that would mean it was yours. We do this still today. I'm going to give you part of the money. You can't sell this now. I've put a down payment on it, and this down payment, if I renege out of the deal, you get to keep the down payment. I want it. And that's what this word guarantee is. The Holy Spirit is the down payment in our life. Now, here's what's awesome. The down payment is never the full amount. The down payment is just, it's just the beginning payment saying, yes, this is mine. So the Lord gives us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, as a down payment, as a promise that, of what's to come, and that's more than what he's already given us. More than what he's already given us. And I don't know if you've ever been filled with the Holy Spirit and just been in such peace and joy and had, had that overwhelming sense of the presence of God in your life where you just like didn't want to leave. That's just a down payment of what's to come. When, when is that going to fully come? Right here it says, until the redemption of the purchased possession. Well, remember, one of the, one of the promises that was that we were redeemed already. Remember, we go back into verse 7. It says one of the promises was, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Well, that's already mine. I've been redeemed. I've been called out. I've been set apart. I've been forgiven. And yet there's a, another promise of redemption coming. And the Holy Spirit is promising that to us, that that's coming. And so that's the second, that's the, the fullness of the redemption. Finally, when we're free from this earth. See, we won't fully be redeemed until we're, we're free from the temptation and free from the things of this earth, the flesh, and the devil himself. And so the promise of the Holy Spirit is saying, this is just a down payment until I bring all things under me in heaven, in, spiritual, in the spiritual places. So we have to look forward to that as we go. The guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. All these promises are to bring praise to his glory. Your life is to bring praise to his glory. As we walk in these blessings and these promises of the richness and the fullness of Christ, your life brings God glory. At least it should. My life should bring God glory. As I walk in the richness of these blessings and the purposes that he has for me, it should all be to the praise of his glory. That means it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about bringing glory to him. Isn't that good? As we do that, we go back up to verse 11, 12, 13. 
specifically 13, it says, we trusted, we heard the truth of the gospel. As we bring God praise and glory, one of the things that needs to happen is that our life needs to then shine forth and help other people to also know the truth of the gospel and so that they can trust and hear the word of truth. None of this is for us. The, the, coming to church, having Christ in our life, this isn't a bless me club. It's, it's the idea is that he fills us and he calls us out of darkness and he sends us right back and he says, I want you to shine forth. I want you to bring me glory. And I love it. I look around this room and I see every single person in here is called by God to bring him glory. Sometimes, uh, you know, when we're going to have someone special come over, if we're going to go on a trip, I decide to wash the car. I, having a clean car isn't very important to me. Some of you, you just love having a clean car. Shannon loves to have a clean car all the time. But, but if I'm going to use it and go pick somebody up or go on a long trip, I want it to shine. I want it to look really nice, right? I think the Lord wants that in us. He wants us to shine. Be, see, he, he's made us beautiful, but sometimes we allow the things of the world to dull us. We allow the enemy to come in and tell us that we are incapable of bringing him glory. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen a car, had a car that was just so dirty that you just didn't think there was any good in it and, and, you, and you scrub it all down or you call Chase to come and do one of those deep cleans on your car and he turns it into this shy showpiece car. I didn't know that car was in there under all that dirt. That's, that's some of us. Yes, that might be you this morning going, you know, I feel like a dirty car all the time and there's, there's, I can't bring God glory. There's nothing good in me. You know, he wants, he wants you to allow him to clean you and to be used for his purpose, to walk in the riches and the blessings that he has for us in this amazing book of Ephesians so that we can be to the praise of his glory. And, and I, I, again, I was, I was thinking of this car going, you know, if we, do we want to pick up the dignitary in, a, in an old, ugly, dirty car? Who wouldn't do that? Well, as believers, we need to shine forth for him. We need to just allow what he's trying to do in your life to come forth. He's, he's working in all of our hearts to clean us up. If, I, if we were to be really honest in here, we could probably go around the room right now and say, what is God working in your heart? And that's what we're going to do in life group this week. What is God working in your heart? What, what is he asking you to give up? What is he asking you to surrender to him? How is he asking you to grow? And every one of us in this room has something that they know that the Lord is trying to help them overcome or to uh, press into. Every one of us has something. And that's what he wants to do a work in your life. You don't have to worry about everyone else's. You don't have to worry about the list of 42 things that you think God wants to work on you. But how about work on the one thing that God is pushing on, saying, you know what, I want to start with this. And if you start with that, you'll begin to shine forth and give God praise and give Him glory. And we have everything we need. We, this, this, this book, and this been book has been, been called uh, so many wonderful things in theology, but w these blessings that we have are for us to know who we are in Him so we can walk out. Look at these blessings again. He chose us to be holy and blameless. That's important for us to know. He's adopted me into His family. That's important for us to know. He, he adopted us 
We, he redeemed us. He forgave us. He chose to show us the mystery of his will. He chose us as an, an inheritance. He included us and he sealed us by the Holy Spirit. These are things that God did and he wants us to know them. As we continue to read, we'll find out because in the, in the last part of Ephesians, the last couple of chapters, he talks about now how we're going to live for him, how we're going to apply these things. This first part is all about knowing what he's done for us and letting that sink in. I'm going to pray for us that we would know that this morning. Heavenly Father, I would pray for myself this morning and everyone else in here that we would know the deep love that you have for us, that we would know and understand the riches of the blessings of Christ that have been poured out for us. God, that we would look back and we would understand that we were chosen that we were chosen to be holy and blameless and that Christ died so that would happen. God, that we were adopted, that we're no longer just friends, we're not strangers, we're we're your children. God, you included us, you sealed us as you give us the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that each of us in here would begin to know your presence and your love your grace more and understand who you've made us to be and that we might begin to live as those people live as redeemed forgiven justified chosen adopted sealed god that when the enemy comes in or the flesh begins to come in and press against us to go and act like an unredeemed person that we would choose to walk to bring you praise and glory, to walk in the fullness, to walk in the richness of the gifts and blessings that you've given us. God, and I pray that we would shine forth more and more. God, that we would even fulfill the, the psalm that says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter even to the full day. God, let us every individual here begin to shine forth brighter and brighter to bring you praise and glory knowing who you've made us to be in Christ Jesus we pray this in Jesus name amen amen